0: Hey there, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. You're in for a special treat this week because it was Vision Sunday. Listen to Pastor Harrison break down the vision God has for our church in this next season. So whether you're listening to this in your car or through your headphones at your desk, we hope you enjoy this word. Amen. If you guys do not mind staying standing, I would just love to read the Bible. Can I get into the word this morning? I just, if you don't know, I love to to start in the word uh, because I think it sets the context for who has the authority in this place. And if you don't know, it's Jesus. And so Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read a story and then don't worry, you can be seated, but just need you to stand for a second. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. There he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out a little bit deeper into the water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, I've worked hard all night and I haven't caught anything. But, someone shout, but. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boats to come help them. And when they came, they filled the boat so full that they began to sink. I love this next part. It says, Simon Peter, when he saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. In other words, it's all right. From now on, I'm speaking this to someone today. from now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything and followed him. Jesus, speak this word to our hearts today. we pray in your mighty name. Amen. You guys can be seated. So glad that you could be here today at church in Uh, My name is Harrison, if you do not know, and man, we're just so honored you could be here. Anyone excited to be here today? Man, God is so good. So if you are new to our church, uh, today is a very special day, and I'm so glad that you could be here today because today is Vision Sunday. And now what Vision Sunday is, is it's a a tradition that we have uh, as our church, and it's what we do every single September. Now, if you do not know our story We started our church in September 2018. And so in two weeks, we're celebrating four years as a church, four years of the faithfulness of Jesus. And so what that means is we kind of run our years from September to September. And every single September, uh, we come together and we ask God, God, where are you taking us? What's the vision that you have for us this upcoming year? And man, it's just so cool because every single year that we have done this, God has given us a word. God has given us something to take us through this season. Um, It's crazy, but we're now entering our fifth ministry season as a church. Um, This is the fourth time we've done this. The the first time was technically just like we started the church. And so I guess the vision was don't die. Come on, somebody. Um, So This is our fourth vision uh, weekend, Vision Sunday, and uh, today um, I'm going to just kind of put a cap on last year's vision and bring us forward to this year's vision. And so if you guys were a part of our church family this last year, you will know pretty simply our vision last year was to build. It was to build, and it came so cool how God works. It came from Jeremiah 29, and in the passage, God tells the nation of Israel, um, they're in captivity life kind of sucks for them. They don't want to be where they are. God says, hey, guess what? You're not leaving. So build houses, plant gardens, start families. And the word was just so prophetic for us as a church because we kind of entered another season at that time of COVID. And there was more lockdowns, more restrictions, more disappointments. And for some people, they're like shutting down. I'm over. I'm done with it. But we just felt God called us as a community to build. And so we didn't stop. We didn't slow down. We just kept building. And so In the last year, man, our teams grew larger than ever before. We have more people serving. We had more small groups. And uh, to top it off, we also built a church. Come on, somebody. And so, man, it was just amazing. And the best thing about following Jesus is kind of as we end that season is that God doesn't have a finish line for our lives. In other words, the Bible tells us that he wants to take us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And so um, this building is amazing and it's nice. But what I've said, this is no finish line. In fact, I think it's our starting line because there are people that need to experience the goodness and the grace and the love of Jesus. And so um, with that being said, today, my job is, I believe, to share the next vision and the next season where God is taking us as a church. And so can I do that today? So the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. So in other words, your life needs vision. Now, some of you guys are saying, sweet, that's okay. Uh, I have vision because like me and my husband, we planned it. We're going to Mexico for two weeks this year. Um, uh, we're going to grow our business ten x this year. Uh, we're going to start trying for a family this year. I'm going to I'm going to go to school this year. And like, listen, listen, personal plans are good. It's good to have plans. It's good to, to know where you're going. But when the Bible talks about vision, when Proverbs talks about vision, it's not talking about the plans that you make. That's not what you need. A better translation is this. It says, again, this is the New Living Translation. It says, where the people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. In other words, when the Bible talks about vision, what it's talking about is divine revelation. So you need to understand this. What your life needs is divine revelation. You need a word and a direction from God. And it says, if you don't have that, you are literally running wild. So I'm going to speak to someone right now. Maybe I don't know you, but I know for certain, if you do not feel like you have a a divine direction from God, you are literally a chicken with your head cut off. That's what the Bible says. Come on, somebody. I love the Bible. The Bible's not boring. You're boring. So today, I want to give us vision. Now, the beauty of being plugged into a church family is that um, this is a vision that I believe that God is giving us corporately But it's not just corporately in the sense of like for this overarching body kingdom church. Um, Because a church and what it is, it's a collection of people. And so I believe that when I share the vision in a moment, you're going to see that it's broad enough to give us direction as a church. Um, But it's, it's not so specific that I can tell you exactly what to do for your life. And so the beauty of the broadness of this vision is I believe God has something very specific for you in it. And so I want to speak to someone today that feels like they've been running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And I want to give us some focus because I believe that this next season as a church and what God wants to do in our lives individually could be the best season we've ever had. So can I share it today? So we're going to be in Luke chapter five. And I want to look at this for two reasons. Number one, I'm going to pull the vision out from this. But I also want to see I want us to see how God works because I do believe there is a pattern for how Jesus works. So Luke chapter five, it says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the edge two boats left by fishermen who were washing their nets. So he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Simon is who you may know eventually becomes Peter. And so I'll probably call him Simon or Peter today. Um, And he asked Simon, Peter, to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, I want to just pause here for a second because I love this picture because Jesus is teaching. And what our Bible says is that they were listening to him preach the word of God. And so I think it's interesting that Jesus, even when he was on earth, he preached from the Bible. Now, his Bible was what we call the Old Testament because the New Testament was like literally being lived. So it wasn't there. But Jesus himself, And as these crowds gather, there's power in the word. That's why every time I speak, I want to be in the word. Because there's no power in me, there's power in the word. And I'm just saying this because I think it's funny for a lot of people that think they don't need to read the word. Because if Jesus was in the word, Lord have mercy, I love you, but you ain't Jesus. And so, I got to get to the vision, I'll probably hit back on that in a moment. So, it says, again, just pulling out, the crowd's getting larger. And I want to get this next part. It says, when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, you guys here, you guys, you guys ready for this? He says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, what Simon Peter doesn't know in this moment is that this is the beginning. This moment right here is literally the beginning of the craziest journey that he'll ever go on and really one of the craziest journeys I think of like anyone ever. Peter, Simon, eventually is going to lead the church of Jesus Christ. Kind of crazy. Jesus says to him, hey, Simon, I'm going to call you Peter, and I'm going to build my church on you. Peter, his first sermon, 3,000 people baptized. Like crazy stuff, but like All that's in the future. I want us to see this moment. He doesn't understand it. But in this moment, the very beginning of his journey, Jesus simply says this. He says, Peter, I want you to pull out the boat a little deeper. And this has been the word that's been percolating in my spirit for the last number of months when I feel like where God wants to call us as a church. And so our vision for this next year is super simple it's just deeper, it's deeper. I believe the call that God wants on your life, on my life, and us as a church, is that God is calling us deeper. Now, last season, as I said, our word was build, and I think when you think about that word, there's something foundational in it, right? This idea of of kind of starting from the ground up, building blocks, and I I really hope if, if Kingdom Church became your church community last year, I hope that we were able to build some things. Like I told you, our groups um, were were, were growing, our team was growing, but we also did a series, 13 weeks or 12 weeks on the book of Galatians. And the whole purpose of that series is I wanted you to understand the grace of Jesus and what he has done for you. Because if you do not understand that, nothing else matters. And so last season was foundational. And I, I just believe that God has been growing us And some of you, you don't feel like God's been growing you, but sometimes growth hurts. And so if last season was a painful season, maybe that means it was a growth season. And so God has been growing us. But again, I believe that for as foundational as this last season was, now God's call for us in this season is to go a little deeper, is to go a little deeper. And here's one of the beautiful things is that the God that we serve, the God of the Bible, and if you don't serve him yet, I'll make an appeal for him in a moment. But the God that I serve, the God of the Bible, what is unique about him compared to other deities, compared to other ideas and ideals, is that the God of the Bible actually wants a relationship with you. That's unique to him. He wants to actually be in communion with you and I, and so the beautiful thing about God is that God is a relational God, and so what that means is we created in his image, we are relational people, and so what that means is that you and I connect with each other relationally, and I think what happens for a lot of us is the disconnect with God is that we try to connect with him differently than we connect with everyone else, now, obviously, because he is God, there is a level of difference in, in certain aspects, reverence, stature, show so on and so forth. But what does not change is that we are called to connect with God relationally. Why? Because we're relational people. And you and I actually do not have any deep connections in our life that are not relational. Even the dog that you love so much, you have a relationship with him. That's why you love him. And so I just believe that what God is calling us to do in this season, God is calling us into relationship with him. And one thing I want us to understand, and I want you to think for a moment of the relationships in your life that are the deepest, be it friends, be it family, be it your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you will know this to be true. Your relationships that are the strongest are the ones that are the deepest. The people that you want and crave to spend more time with are the ones that actually know you. And I'm not talking about like your favorite foods, your likes, your dislikes. I'm talking about the people that have seen your soul, that know who you are. And so, I just have this super simple belief that depth is the foundation for growth. Depth is the foundation for growth, my, my, for growth, my best relationships are my deepest And so the beauty is that we have a capacity to go deep with God. And so my hope and my vision for us as a church is that each and every one of us in this next year, we would go deeper with God than we ever have before. Now, it seems simple, but the beauty I think of this vision is that as I said earlier, there is something unique in it for each and every one of us. Because the truth is, the depth of our relationship with God will look different depending where we are. Now, although our relationship with God may look different depending who we are, I do believe there are some principles of depth that remain the same for all of us. And so what I want to do kind of for the remainder of this time is I want to set in some elementary principles as we begin this next year that I believe will help us go deeper with Jesus. Can I do that? So, again... It says that Jesus tells Simon, He says, Put out into the deep water, lay down your net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Now, I want us to understand what Peter's actually saying here. You see, Peter was a fisherman. And so, what that means is, in this moment, he would be considered the expert. And so, as as someone that literally made their life fishing, What he knew was that at this place, the best time to fish was at the night because in the nighttime, the water was calm. They could be more sleek. Um, And so the absolute best time to catch fish was in the evening. Understood. And so what Peter says is that we fished all night and we caught nothing. In other words, he says, I've already done and gone at the most optimal opportunity and we caught nothing. And so what Jesus is now asking Peter to do doesn't make any sense to Peter. It's actually illogical. It's irrational. I'm not going to go fish in the middle of the day. This is the worst time. But I want us to see the response of, of Simon because what you're going to see is that his response is the reason we know who he is today. He says, we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And so listen to this. Here is the starting place for growing deeper in your walk with Jesus. It's pretty simple. It's one word. Obedience. It's obedience. Now, this is a word that you probably don't love. But I want us to understand something. The absolute starting point for your walk with Jesus is obedience. You want to know what the issue is? For so many people, although biblically the starting point is obedience, for a lot of us, obedience becomes our finish line. Did you guys get that? I'm going to say it again. To have a really deep relationship with Jesus, the starting line is obedience. The issue with many of us is it becomes our finish line. And what I mean by that is this. I don't want to be obedient. And so I end the race right then and there. You see, I think for those of us sitting here today, I can pretty much guarantee that you like the idea of salvation. That we all like the idea of salvation. I hope you like the idea that Jesus loved us so much that he gave himself for us that God thought so highly of us that he didn't want heaven without us. Like that does something inside of us that that, that should stir us to some type of emotion. So I like salvation, but my rebellious spirit doesn't often like obedience. I love a savior. Don't so much love the idea of Lord, that he's my master and that I have to come under him. You see, I know for a lot of us, and what I want us to understand, especially when I talk about the cross and obedience, is that salvation um, and obedience are not opposite ends of the spectrum. They they go hand in hand. And I know for a lot of us in this place today, maybe you grew up with a legalistic upbringing, and so all you ever heard growing up was obedience. Like, don't, 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 don't. Do not touch, do not taste, so on, so forth. Now, for some of us, perhaps maybe we're new to the journey, or you know, depending on what we've heard, we've we've heard the idea that Jesus is Lord, and that, or sorry, that He's a Savior, and that He loves us, and that He died for us. But the essence that I think a lot of people do not know is that although Jesus saved us from something, He also calls us to something. The fact that He saves you from something is only half the story. There's more to it. But when Jesus saved us from our sin from death, where he's calling us to, will require obedience. And so I want us to understand that maybe you've been in a place where you've only heard one half of the message. You've only heard obedience. Or I've only heard salvation. And maybe if you've only heard salvation, it might just be that you didn't like the other half of the message so you turned your head off after. But I want us to understand they go hand in hand. And the reason, though, that they go hand in hand is because salvation, what it is supposed to do, it is supposed to paint the heart of a good father who loves us, who died for us, who wants what is best for us, because that is the frame of mind I need to have when I understand whatever it is he may be calling me to is only because he's a good father. I kind of I think of it like this with my kids um uh, specifically my girls, I hope, you know, one day my son will be cognitively aware that I love him, but he's only 10 months old, so we'll see what happens. But with my girls, like, um, they're, they're sweet, um, but they're also kind of wild sometimes. And, uh, we have to obviously uh, discipline them, and then there's just times we're going to tell them what to do and where to go, so on and so forth, because they're two. Um, but my heart always is that I want to make sure that above everything, I never want them to not know what my heart is for them. And so I always want to make sure that they know, like, I love you more than anything. And sometimes I just take them, I put their face up to mine, make sure they look me in the eye, and I'll say, Abby, I love you, to the moon and back, times a 1,000. And sometimes I'll grab Kinsley, and I'll put her face to mine, because I, I do this because if not, I don't look around and <laughs> run away. And I say, I love you, to the moon and back, times 1,000, because 1,000. I never want them to not know my heart for them because whenever I call them to some level of obedience, even if it's just like hold my hand as I cross the road, I want them to know my heart for them. And so it's the same thing with God, the whole beautiful picture of salvation, that he loves us, that he's died for us, that he has a purpose for us, that that sets the framework for them whenever he calls me to obedience. But what happens is that for so many of us, We either get one half of the message or the other or whatever it may be. And I think so many of us stop short in terms of where God wants to take us and where God wants us to go. And so my hope this year is that as we go deeper with Jesus, it goes hand in hand with being more obedient to him. So I'll say it like this, the depth of my relationship with Jesus will always go hand in hand with my obedience to him. So if you feel like I cannot hear the voice of God is God even real, I would argue perhaps the reason you're struggling is because you're not being obedient to whatever it is he's calling me to do. Now, the question is, why do we rebel? Like, maybe I understand the heart of Jesus, but I'm still kind of like I'm a rebel at heart. Come on, somebody. Like, why do I do it? Why do I go my way? But why do I I make it all about my timelines or my finances or my sexuality? Why do do I want it to go my way? Well, it's pretty simple. There's a belief inside of you that whatever your way is, is better than Jesus' way. There had to be something in Simon Peter in this moment where he says, listen, I know better than you. I am a fisherman. I caught nothing last night. But again, the beauty of the story of Simon is that he is obedient. Can I show you the result of obedience? He says, verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners, come help. They filled the boat so full, they began to sink. Listen, this irrational call of Jesus, this irrational call of obedience, you want to know what was on the other side? It was a boat so full. It was the catch of a lifetime that the boat began to sink. They're like, yo, we need some help. This thing is it's, it's getting full. You see, the obedience of Peter was the prelude to the blessing on the other side. I want to speak to a rebellious person in here today. Can I speak to you for a moment? Specifically, I want to speak to a blessed rebellious person because there's someone in this life you have not followed Jesus, but you think you've had the best year you've ever had. You think your boat is full now? Just wait till you let Jesus in. You think you got friends now? Just wait till you bring Jesus in. You think you got money now? Just wait till you let Jesus in the boat. You think you got clout now? Just wait till you let Jesus in the boat. Come on, somebody, because... Obedience is the prelude to blessing. Now listen, I know already the reason that you're not blessed in the way that Jesus wants you to be blessed. For so many of us, the root of our rebellion is that we want to please other people. In other words, to put it bluntly, I care more about what people think than I do about what Jesus thinks. The reason I act the way that I act is because I just believe that someone's always watching me. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a coworker, family. Someone's always watching me so I can never really be who I want to be or I can never really be obedient to Jesus. I came here to declare today that someone is always watching, but the one, Jesus, who reigns above it all He wants to give you something so much better than the other people that we so often bow down to. I was talking to someone this week and I was saying, man, the funniest thing in my life is I remember when I was 18 years old, 17 years old, in that age range, the people that I so badly wanted to think of me a certain way. I don't even know them anymore. And so I wonder how many of us are bowing down to people we'll never see again. You might just be there for a season. And you're willing to trade the blessing that God has on your life because you'd rather be obedient to them than to the God that wants to fill your boat overflowing. Listen, I made a decision and I'm not batting a hundred by any means. I'm not perfect, but I made a decision a couple of years ago because I struggle. I really struggle with the idea of approval and wanting people to, to like me. But I made the decision um, a couple of years back, where I just began to realize like everything I have in my life, be it wisdom, grace, just literally everything, go down the list, is because of Jesus. And so I made the decision that when I was talking to people, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Because like back in the day, when I was really worried about people, i beat around the bush. Like Harrison, how's life? Well, you know, uh, as one Middle Eastern philosopher once said, love people. Because like... <laughs> That's easier than like admitting I follow Jesus. But I made the conscious decision to say if anyone asks me, I'm going to tell them why I'm blessed. The wisdom I have is not my own wisdom. It comes from Jesus. And so what I found many times, and it kind of sucks, but that the wisdom of God is considered foolishness to the world. But I began to realize I don't really care if people think I'm a fool. Anyone know D.C. talk in this place? Remember that song? Like, I don't really care if they think I'm a Jesus freak. You know, Anyone know that song? Anyone old enough in the place? Like, I don't really care. Because everything I have comes from him. And if I live my life to please people, I'll never see what God wants to do in my life. I'll tell you a quick story. I did pre-marriage counseling with a couple friend of mine. And, again, kind of same thing. Like, they're not really following Jesus. Some were kind of in between. But... Uh, I just said to myself, no matter what, any advice, any wisdom, anything I have, I'm going to talk about Jesus, no matter what, because specifically marriage, I don't really got anything else outside of Jesus, and we finished up this last week, um, and my friend, he said to me, he said, hey, um, just want to let you know that, like, uh, ever since we've been doing this, like, now we pray every night with our daughter, and, like, I don't know if it's because of you, but, like, you really got me thinking, like, what really matters, and, like, bigger questions, and bigger pictures, and, like, I believe, I told him, that's just the start. I was like, praying is the beginning of the journey. Come on, somebody. But um, everything that God has been doing, is not because of me. It's just because of my obedience. And so I know there's someone here today, it's not because of you. Don't feel like it has to be because of you. It's gonna be because of Jesus. All he calls you is to be obedient. Now, some of us are saying to ourselves, well, Harrison, how do I know Like, how do I know what God's calling me to do? How do I know what the call of God looks like on my life? Super simple. There are two very clear ways that God speaks to you. Clearest of all, this is crazy. God speaks to you, clearest of all. You want to know how God speaks to you? Through his word, through the Bible. The absolute and the clearest and the most accurate way in which God has ever spoken to you is through his word. And so what that means is that we need to get into his word now I know because I can see some rebellious spirits out there well Harrison I've read the bible and so yeah (laughs) I did a challenge when I was 15 years old my parents gave me 100 bucks I've read that thing right Is that that a real thing? Is that a real challenge? (laughs) It worked, though. Come on, somebody. Look what Hebrews chapter 4 says. It says, the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Here's the beauty of the Bible. I never finished reading it. Why? Because it's alive and it's active. It's constantly, the, the word is staying, it's the weirdest thing. I was reading the book of Ezekiel. And like, before I started it, I was like, man, I don't really like the book of Ezekiel. I've read it before. After I read it, I was like, man, Ezekiel's pretty dope. But like, I've read it before. Like, what's the difference? Well, sometimes it just depends on the season of life that you're in. But the beauty of the word, it's alive and active, and it penetrates my soul. It literally cuts and divides. And so here's the beautiful thing. What the word is supposed to do, more than even revealing God, it's supposed to reveal you. Because I see myself in light of who God is, and that should change everything. And that should bring me to worship. That should bring me on my knees to say, thank you, Jesus. So listen, our vision for this year, as we go deeper, I want everyone in the church to get into the word. I even heard someone told me there might be like a small group that's going to read the Bible in 90 days. We'll see if it happens. I'm not; It might happen. We'll see. Um, but I just encourage you, get into the word because it can literally change everything. One of the things in growth track week two, which is today, which come to if you haven't been. Um, but we say this. We say, man, if the clearest way that God's ever spoken to us is through his word, And if the Bible has the power to change and shape our lives, like, let's just say, for example, if there was an enemy. I know you guys are rational people, like, you don't believe in the devil. But (laughs) let's just say for a moment, there was an enemy that wanted literally to seek, kill, and destroy. Don't you think one of his main strategies would be to keep us out of the very thing that has the power to save, heal, and restore some of the broken things in my life? You want to know the answer? Hell yeah. The devil's from hell. That's why I'm saying it. You guys following? Everyone awake now? <laughs> the devil from hell <laughs> wants to keep us out of the word. So we got to get into the word. That's the first thing. Makes sense? Now, you guys never forget it, right? Anytime someone says that saying, I got in the Bible, in the Bible, in the Bible. First way God's, and the clearest way God speaks to us is through his word. Second thing is prayer. So listen, here's our vision. I'm I'm giving us two simple practices in the word and prayer. Now, one of the things, it's, it's a saying that's been going through my spirit these last couple of weeks, it's just this. It's prayer is not our last resort. It's our first response. Listen, for a lot of us, prayer is a last resort. Meaning like when my life is blowing up, like that's when I start the car, Hopefully it's raining and I just start crying out to God. But prayer is not our last resort. It's our first response. And so what I want to do in this season is I want to help us pray. Now, I cannot, nor can I read the Bible for you, but I cannot pray for you either. But what we're doing is we are going to start by giving you guys at least a space where from Monday to Friday you can come and pray. And so listen to this, starting tomorrow morning, 6.30 in the A.M. all the way to 7.30 before work, before school, before all that stuff, this place is going to be open and we are going to open this place up just to pray. And so I just believe that every great move of God is rooted in prayer and What I want to see in St. Albert, what I want to see even more so in your life is a move of God. And I just believe that it starts in prayer. And so listen, for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, 6.30, I will be here. I don't care if your breath is stanky, if you haven't showered, the building is open to come and pray. Now, I know, I know some of us, when I said 6.30 to 7.30, um, you had a little snicker in your spirit. Like, pastor thinks I'm coming at 6.30. He's got another thing coming. (laughs) Ha-ha. I'm not offended. And I'll tell you why. I remember um, my very first year at university, um, there was uh, a ministry that was started called the prayer room. And it was started by this girl uh, who loved Jesus, spirit-filled. Her name was Kara. And they did this thing, prayer room, 12.30, bubbliest girl ever and, like, my life was not yet changed by the Lord, and so with the Lord, I'm not the bubbliest person ever before the Lord, certainly not, and so this bubbly girl comes up to me, and she says, like, hey, um, we're doing this thing called the prayer room, and it's at 12:30 p.m., you should come, and I was like, well, what do you do in said prayer room, and she's like, we pray, and, um, You want to know my response? And that's why I'm not offended today. I laughed. I laughed because I was like, you think I'm going to pray during my lunch hour? But the reason I'm telling this story is because God did some things in my life. And for the next three years of university, I led the prayer room. Well, my first response was to laugh at the prayer room. And so I think back on that story sometimes, and I wonder, like, when I was laughing, was God just laughing? And, like, he doesn't even know what he's about to be in. And so I wonder if there's someone that, like, 10 minutes ago you were laughing, but the Lord's laughing, because what if the greatest thing that God's ever going to do in your life starts in the silence, there might be some instrumental, but, of six thirty right here as we pray. And now it's going to be open for the whole hour. And so if you want to come from 7 to 7.30, you can come. And I'm a pastor, so this is my job. And if you want to stay past 7.30, I got nowhere to be. Um, but I encourage you guys to come up because I just believe that every great thing that God wants to do in your life is rooted in prayer. And perhaps there's something that God wants to speak to you, that he's going to speak to you in the quiet of this prayer place. And I love... Again, what Proverbs says, it says where there is no divine revelation, the people run wild. And so maybe today is the day that you get your head sewn back on and you have a little bit of direction. And so the last thing, because I want to give this very, very practical, because I want us to go deeper, but that's just the word, right? How do do we do this? Prayer in the word. Last thing is kingdom crews. These are our small groups. And so our small groups are launching um, next week. Uh, So get in a small group. And if you're on the fence or you don't know, um, or even you want to hear the vision behind small groups, this Wednesday night at 7.30, come to the church, and I'm going to share kind of the vision and the direction of where God um, is leading our groups. Now, the reason I want us to get in groups is because there's a truism. And one of the things I'm going to share is that my hope is that our groups don't get larger, but our groups get smaller. I want us to have many small groups because the larger the group, the easier it is to hide. Do you guys know that? I'm gonna say something. It might like ruin my life because I pastor a church, but you wanna know the absolute safest place to hide from God? It's right here. It's weird, right? But the safest place to hide from God is right here because I can show up each and every week no matter how hard my heart is and we're just large enough where no one will really ask me the deep question of my life. And so I can be caught in that same space over and over and over again. And I actually know after church the perfect person to talk to that will not ask me about the sermon, won't ask me anything spiritual. And so I can forget Harrison ever said to pray. And so oftentimes the safest place for the hardest of hearts is within the confines of church. The dichotomy, of course, is I believe that lives are changed in church as well. But I really, really believe that as we go deeper in this season, what God is calling you into is a group, into a small group of believers that are focused on helping you grow, on helping align with the vision of the larger church to get you deeper with Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, again, it's a pretty simple appeal. Next week, we're launching groups. Join them. If you're on the fence, come Wednesday night, and for all our group leaders, come Wednesday night as well. Love y'all. So, let's wrap this thing up. So Jesus doesn't run, um, because Peter, if you remember, uh, sorry, I missed one. Uh, Luke verse 8. I'm ahead of myself here, people. All this great stuff. Simon Peter sees Jesus. He says, get away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. And so, I want us to say, and I kind of skipped ahead, but it's all in this, what happens as you get closer to Jesus is that the more I see of him, the more of me that is revealed. And so one of the reasons that we don't want to go deeper is because the deeper I get, the more I see myself. And so every person in this room, no matter who you are, you have a point where it's like, I don't want to go any deeper, God, because I don't don't want to see more of myself. I don't want to see that that broken stuff. I don't want to see the hurt beneath the hurt. So I'm going to stay right here. But what we see in this story is the closer that Peter gets to Jesus, the more he sees himself. And so I just believe this year that Jesus wants you to see yourself for who you are, your brokenness, your pain, your shame, your scars, all of those things. Because here's the beauty of Jesus. When Simon says, get away from me, Jesus leans in. Look what he says. He doesn't leave. He says, Simon, don't be afraid. Listen, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone right now. You've been afraid to go deeper. You've been afraid to lean in. Jesus is saying to your soul today, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. In other words, don't be afraid of your past. Don't be afraid of your mistakes, your brokenness, because everything that I have for you coming forward is better. You used to just fish for fish. He's like, I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. You see, there's a big reason and a broader reason that I believe that God wants us to go deeper as individuals. It's because the deeper that we get, the closer that we get to Jesus, the more our hearts are in tune to what he wants to do. And I just want us to know in this place that God has big dreams and big visions for St. Albert, for Edmonton, for Alberta. Why? Because there are people that do not know him. And so what I want to say is pretty simple. Life is short. Do you guys know that? Life is short. But eternity is real. We will either spend it separated eternally from Jesus or with him forever. And so because life is short and eternity is real, we're going deeper this year. Because I just believe there is someone in this place, and you had no clue when you entered today that you would be this person, but Jesus is extending that very same call that he gave to Simon 2,000 years ago. He said, follow me, don't be afraid, and I'm going to change everything who you thought you were, the old him, the old her, she's dead and gone, I have something better. And I just believe that God is going to use the people in this place to make an eternal difference this year. But my goal is not to fill a building. Now, the byproduct is the building's going to fill. But that's never a goal because I don't want to fill seats that make it easier to hide. And so our goal, we're not building a church. We're filling heaven. That's what the goal is. I'm not filling seats. I'm filling heaven. We're bringing people into relationship with Jesus. We're, We're leaving people never the same. And so listen, here's the call today. Let's just stand up, church. And if this is you today as I read this verse. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to follow Peter, I want to give you an opportunity. It says they pulled up their boats. They left everything. I left everything. I left my job. Remember that miraculous catch of like thousands of fish? They left that. I got something more. They left everything and followed him. And so listen, every head bowed in this place, you're saying, Harrison, I'm going deeper this year. I'm leaving all this stuff behind. I'm going to follow Jesus. If that's you this year, can you just raise your hand? I want to declare over your life what God has for you. Jesus, I just thank you so much that you call us into deeper waters. I just thank you so much, God, that the reason you call us to obedience is because there's a blessing for our lives. There's something more that we could never even see, could never even fathom. And so, Lord, for every heart, for every hand today that is saying, I want to follow you. God, I just open this moment up for you to speak to their hearts the action step that you have for them. God, if it's for repentance right now, Jesus, I lead the way. God, I just ask for forgiveness for the times that we've been off course, for the times that we've fallen short of your glory, and we just thank you for your grace. God, if our step is to join a group, God, I just pray that any social anxiety we might have, any excuses we might have, God, whatever those excuses are, God, just open up our hearts, open up our schedules to see that we're free. Lord, for someone today that's coming to Growth track. That's the first step in going deeper, God. I just pray that you push that into their hearts. And Jesus, in these next 21 days of prayer, God, we lay every plan before you, every hope, every fear, everything, God, we lay it at your feet. And we just thank you for the opportunity to come and to pray together, Jesus. And for those of us, lastly, God, they're gonna open up your word. I just pray for your spirit to guide us and for the fortitude to keep going. God, take us deeper this year than we've ever gone before. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We hope you're encouraged and inspired. If you've made a decision to go deeper in your walk with Jesus this year or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We'd love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.